Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Talk, 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 talk. We're just two unapologetically black women with an opinion who talk back. Hey y'all, it's me, Tam Bam. Welcome back to a new episode of We Talk Back. Hey. <laughs> and it's your co-host, AJ Holiday. Am. <laughs> How you doing, AJ? I'm good, girl. That was a good introduction. You mm-hmm. like that? <laughs> Switch it up. A Yelling bit. in the goddamn mic. Period. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, child? How was your weekend? My weekend was cool. I went outside. I know I said I wasn't going outside, but I did. The go lies, motherfuckers, tell, I be boy. Trying. It's boring. Like it's I. All right, you sitting up in this 24th floor, looking down. It's all kind of shit and energy outside. It makes it hard to want to stay inside when it's all beautiful and stuff. So I was outside. <laughs> Bitch, you was going outside when it was cold as fuck outside. You was outside. <laughs> it's harder when it's nice. Sun's yeah. out, buns out, right? So what clubs you hit up this weekend in Charlotte? You might as well, listen, first of all, you might need to try to get some low promo uh, money from these niggas in Charlotte, okay, about these spots you be in. Yeah, you know what? I mean, what right. can we do? Absolutely, because I, I be moving around the city. So I went to, um, I started at Infused which is like a little hookah bar. Then I left there and I went to Fahrenheit, which is like a rooftop situation. You can see the city, city views, it's good cocktails. Had a few drinks there. Then I left there and I went to another place called 15th Street Social, which is a newer spot. And it was seemed kind of young, but the DJ said that people weren't that young, black just don't crack. So um, that was cool. Left there and I went to Cloud. South End, which is a nice little jumping. It's like one of the most popping spots in Charlotte right now, Cloud. And that was that was Saturday night. Uh, that was all. I went all of those places. Then Sunday, I got up and I went to 1501, which is like an outdoor situation. Real good vibes, good music, R&Bs. Grown crowd, very grown crowd. Oh, yeah, um, I went there. I went there a couple of weeks ago for, yeah. to watch a football game. It's yeah. like outside, right? Yeah, it's outside. It's next to that Ruby, outside. Ruby, Ruby. What's that? Uh, Ruby Sunshine. No, I think next... you might be talking about Lost and Found. 
Lost and Found is another good spot. Too. No, I'm pretty sure it's 1501. Maybe I'm thinking about. Yeah, but that's the place. It's like outside. They're all in the, the same area, screen. though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I went there and I was like, damn, I asked the bartender. I'm like, who owned this? She said it was black owned. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Are, these black owned uh, little nightclubs in Charlotte, they be yeah. doing the damn thing. Yeah. And then. And then I left 1501 and I went to Stats on Sunday night. Stats on Sunday night is like a whole vibe. That's a, a big ass spot too. It's like church. They call it church on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> what about your fucking heathens? Right. That didn't see nobody's real church. So. I do be going to church online on Sunday, Sunday morning. I go to Elevation. <laughs> but Stephen Furtick, it gives me the word before I go out and drink. Now, one day we was talking and I said, you you said, yeah, I went to church twice today. I was like, damn, girl. You was like, man, fuck these niggas. I went to church. I'm really thinking this bitch went to church twice. She talking about I did. online church. It's I, online. You ain't going so, nowhere. <laughs> I did go. I was in attendance. He rec- they recognized the uh, uh, listeners online, bitch. <laughs> you said some ties in? No, that's now you runs out now. That's one thing I ain't about to do. (laughs) You runs out now. (laughs) That was my weekend, but this weekend I'ma chill. Is is Mother's Day this weekend coming up or next? No, it's next. It's next weekend. Um, Okay, Sunday the eighth. This weekend I don't have. I might fly to Atlanta this weekend or something. Just to get, get away. I'm going to Jamaica next week. I can't wait. So I'm going to have to, I don't know, do something for my mom before I dip out on her ass. Yeah. My weekend was uneventful per usual. My stepdad is in the hospital. So that's oh, what no. I've been dealing with. Yeah, man. Listen, y'all take care of your bodies when you're young. Just take care of your bodies when you're young so nobody have to take care of you when you get old. Like, that well, should just be goals. Yeah, but, I mean, that's that's deteriorating as we get older is a part of life kind of right even if yeah. we take care of ourselves it's just only so much you can do before somebody gotta take care of you I you know like. i read this ho- i read this article that suggests that each human has a certain amount of heartbeats we just don't know what our predetermined amount of heartbeats are right. could you imagine that like if somewhere they got you knew I wouldn't yeah. want to know. No, hell no. Me either. I'd be spending my days counting them. Like, but I did also read because a couple months ago, I was stressed out. Like, why the fuck is I always wear my Fitbit, right? I know everybody got Apple Watch, but I like Fitbit. I, my heart rate is always like low, like 55. So I'm thinking I'm dying. And I, I was watching uh, Discovery of Witches last night. And of course you were. <laughs> and the, the the dude, the va- one of the vampire characters, old girl was feeling his chest and she was like, you know, you don't have a heartbeat. And then the heartbeat came, right? He was like, I do have a heartbeat. It's just slower, you know, because we live internal. Mm-hmm. Etern- we got eternal life. So your heartbeat. Then I started Googling. I said, wait a minute. So I'm not sick because my heartbeat is fucking slow. So, so you it's- think you're a vampire bitch? Now I'm a lift. I already know I'm a lift till I'm like 95, but now I'm it's like confirmed. Yeah. Bitch, I take it easy. Okay. And what what network was this on? <laughs> AMC, bitch. <laughs> Listen, I take it easy. I know I'm gonna be around here till like 93, 95. That's why I need y'all to stop fucking up my world. Okay. If you're planning on dying at 60, okay? Stop fucking my world up. <laughs> y'all, let's let's go to commercial on that note, because this bitch. Is fucking nuts. <laughs> we'll be right back. 
All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Let's get into some dumb internet news, y'all. What we got going on, Sam? Uh, so uh, Meg Thee Stallion uh, did an interview with Gail King. Did you see Why? that? Did you guys Why? see that? Why? What? I don't Why? know. Why? I, I thought I thought they put Tori under a gag about this whole, you know, situation that happened. So why is she allowed to do interviews with Gail King and he can't say anything? I guess because... Fair. Maybe we need we're looking at it wrong. We we're looking at it as if it doesn't seem fair. Should we be looking at it as if this nigga is fucking guilty and I'm a victim and I should be able to talk about it? Like this is therapy for me at this point. And with the whole world, um, I'm not here to um like judge either one of them. Mm-hmm. This shit has been going on for two years now. Yeah. It's like two years now. The fact of the matter is. Meg the Stallion did not have a gun and she got hurt. Somebody else had a gun. You see what I'm saying? She got hurt. And with the internet and everybody, she probably felt the need to get out there and tell her story in some type of way and get a check off it at the same time. Yeah. I feel you. So um, I'm going to read some of the things that Megan said uh, and it's quotes. Megan said, it was an argument because I was ready to go and everybody else wasn't ready to go. But that's like normal friend stuff. Like we fuss about silly stuff all the time. But I never put my hands on anybody. I never raised my voice too loud. Like this was one of them times where it was like it got it. This was one of them times where it was like it shouldn't have got this crazy. Right. And I can I can understand that. You know how sometimes like you and a friend could be y'all could be playing damn near and all of a sudden somebody really gets serious. Mm-hmm. 
Like I can see that happening. I've had that happen. Um, but you know, I, one thing I did see, according to a public transcript from December fourteenth, twenty twenty one. Hearing on Meg Thee Stallion and Tory Lane's case, the source can confirm that the officer testified there was gunshot residue found on Tory's hands. So now all the public um, judges have been saying, oh, they, they found the, the residue on old girl's hand, the home girl, Casey. Mm-hmm. What was her name? Was her name Casey? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Kelsey, sorry. Kelsey. That they found the, yeah, the residue on Kelsey's hands. But in actual evidence at the courts now, they're saying that the, that the residue was on Tory's hands. Then also, you know, this, this shit a mess. It is. It, it, she's saying that they never slept with each other, her and Tory. I mean, are but, you publicly about to damn? I'm not. Listen, this my pussy. I don't gotta confirm or deny nothing for y'all. Period. So whether she did or not. Is that her business? I feel like even if, I feel like her saying but that they did aren't... would even that would be a better defense for her for it would be not a defense. Sorry. It would be a better situation if she did say that they were fucking because that's even more reason for him to shoot at her. But I feel like if you're going to come out and uh, talk about this shit, tell the whole truth. Now, don't tell truth. That then maybe that is the truth. Right. Maybe it is the truth. Why don't well, I know? I mean, based that? off what you're saying, why would I come out and tell somebody my sexual business? You know, like right. You know, if you're gonna tell it now, tell it all. Yeah, and I, I, I believe, I believe her. I believe Meg Thee Stallion. I've been saying that. We done talked about this shit for the last. Yeah, I, I, I want to believe her. Mm-hmm. I will. I, I want desperately to believe her, but I just still, you know, it's just so much stuff that, uh, like. First, it was like glass. Then it was a shooting. And it's just too many different stories. She got and hit by bullet the, fragments. Then the fact that her her and her best friends are no longer best friends after this just seems like some fishy shit going on. Well, did you see where somebody, I don't know who he was trying to pay, the homegirl or Meg to be quiet for a million dollars? Tori offered one million to keep silent. So was, did he... He might have gave the homegirl a million dollars to be quiet. Oh, off, Meg Thee Stallion says Tory Lanez offered her and Kelsey one million for their silence on the shooting. Damn. I would have took it. <laughs> Maybe her homegirl did take it. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Maybe her homegirl did take it. So now you just left your best friend. You know, you've known way before the fame. You left her out hanging to get mm-hmm. on her level. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I would never. That's why I always say, man, integrity is a lifelong commitment because I'd never do that to one of my fucking friends. Fuck that nigga. Like, he got to yeah. go to jail because regardless of what, if, if, even if it wasn't a direct bullet, like I said, she didn't have a gun. There was a weapon on the scene and she's the only one that got hurt. What does right. that say? Right. She said he was hanging out the car window, shooting at her feet. Do y'all know what fragments are? He didn't say that. She didn't. It wasn't a bullet. She might have thought it was glass initially. You know what I'm saying? It could have mm-hmm. ricocheted off the concrete. It could have been uh, pieces of concrete in her foot. Anything. But she that's got what real happened ghetto. When, when she, she was got talking. real ghetto. No. Yes. Not- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't her that called the police. It was bystanders that heard gunshots. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? But when a black woman say somebody hurt them, nobody, nobody fucking cares. And that's that's what this is given to me. It's just Why what you it's say given. Nobody cares. 
obvious because in the court of public opinion, Meg Thee Stallion is a liar. There's a lot of women who think she's a liar. And it's a lot of men who think she's a liar. When she initially said she didn't even want to say nothing because she didn't want to get him in trouble. Still. Yeah. I don't think she, I don't know what to think. I, I can't say I exactly stand with Meg just because of how many different stories came out in the beginning. But I don't, I can't say that I stand with Tori either. I just, I'm still waiting to hear the full details of what happened before yeah. I make, I pass any judgment on anybody. Well, I don't yeah. want to pass judgment at all, but I'm never going to, I won't say I want victim blame, <laughs> but I'm not victim blaming. You know what I'm saying? We know people lie sometimes. We know people make stories up. We know, we know that type of shit happens, but I, I have seen her story be consistent. I didn't see her. I mean, she never confirmed or denied a relationship with him at all either. So I don't know. I hope. Um, oh, and another thing I wanted to add. So Tori, he has he has had to, he has had to pay two different bonds. If he was a regular nigga, he would have sat in jail with these charges. He only got out because he has the the means to. Yeah, you're right. And they've been outside like posting pictures with her ops and stuff like that. It's making making on. funny songs and shit. Like, boy. Yeah, we're going to see. Yeah. I don't what know. What happened? Viola Davis, uh, she did a Netflix special event uh, with Oprah. And she spoke on her childhood, you know, hardships and growing up knowing she was poor. and She was so having... beautiful in there. Yeah, she looked good. And she lived in a... Home with rats and without utilities like gas and electricity, and she was spent a lot of time being hungry as a kid. Mm-mm-mm. That's a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of people's story. I know. Yeah, and you and know, she, as kids, like in school and stuff, you never know. We've always had like the little stink kids mm-hmm. in school, or and you used to be one of them bitches making fun of the stink kids, ain't it? Nah, not true. I rem- I distinctively remember a super stink white boy who was in my class and he had like a mullet mohawk type haircut Mm -hmm. and he would smell like fresh doo-doo every day. I never said anything like people would rag on him all day, every day. I never would tease him, but I watch people tease other people all the time. Like I, I I never, I teach. No, I I mean, how I maybe, maybe like, Maybe not him in particular, but I have defended people before. Like, y'all mm-hmm. leave that motherfucker alone. You know what I'm saying? But um, I would tease people I know that could tease back. Like, I like to go back and forth. Okay. <laughs> like, if you ain't going to defend yourself, I'm not about to just be beating you down. But, you know, as kids, you don't realize the the struggles, like, students go through. Like, some of them, the only meal they get would be the one they have at school. Yeah, school, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like once you get to be an adult and you see the struggles adults have, like you realize like kids be in that fucking struggle. These kids be living in a car with their parents, mm-hmm. not able to wash their school uniform every day. Right. So I don't know. I don't know how you teach kids are mean. <laughs> Little yeah, motherfucking he... people are mean. <laughs> yeah. They just I was a mean girl, but to people who I could be a mean girl to too. understand like the hardships of children and adults and they just right. don't care, you know? Yeah. It's but uh, she also, uh, not not necessarily on this uh, Netflix special, but she did discuss wanting uh, a big black man. Was that on there? Yes, yeah, she was manifesting her husband, child. From the South, and that's what she got. Big black man from the South who loved God, mm-hmm. uh, who was athletic. So he was, he was a retired football player. 
So she got exactly what he wanted. Like, I know people always tell us to manifest, manifest. Sorry. So she got exactly what she wanted. So people always talk about manifesting, right? Mm -hmm. But you got to be real specific. You see Mm -hmm. how specific she was? Right. When asking for where he was from, his bills. What what type of man he was, all those things, and what she asked for. But I feel like a lot. I've been listen. I've been very specific. God, uh, if you hear me, you wrote it down though. Yeah, I wrote it down. It's in my Bible. Hmm. It's in a paper in the Bible. So we gonna see. Y'all gonna bear witness to this beautiful <laughs> black man that God gonna send me this year. God, this what year. A, what if he like a low ugly? You know, I, I've done a little. I've done a lot of ugly, so I can do a little ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like my men being as fine as me, though. So, on the piece of paper in the Bible, did you put anything about penis size in there? I did not. <laughs> so there you go. He go. But be here's fine the thing: with I, a lot of money. Size, penis size is not like a big thing for me like I don't need like the biggest dick nigga like I mean do I want I don't first of all I don't like really big dicks anyway me if you got like a humongous dick like that's just not even like that hurts I can't do that all the time I want a I want the baby bear porch bitch the medium size (laughs) (laughs) the hamburger (laughs) (laughs) but I didn't want to meet some meat I did not add that. I don't know if I want to like talk about dick and put it in my Bible. Like you got to be specific. Got to be specific. So well, you could just say you don't want a good lover. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's what it's about for me. Not the. It's not about the size of the boat. (laughs) It's the motion in the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Real quick. There was a, a trend on TikTok. Where black women with their white boyfriends calling them master. Have you seen that? What the Not fuck is that about? Not until you sent that shit to me, bitch. What I did see a couple black eyes too. But why would... It's like, you know, what? I, my first thought was, did somebody take the time to pull out all these different interracial couples and then put that put that uh, audio Sound over the it? pictures? Because you can't really Interracial tell. couples are doing it themselves and, and, you know, they think it's funny. Like, nah. <laughs> master. That shit is whack. It's a jokey joke. You know, we you see the you, you see how those black women look. Yeah. In, the, in that video. <laughs> they look like the type of bitches that would be in a TikTok calling yes. their white boyfriend a master as a joke. With that fucking Girl. nappy leave out. Get. Get your <laughs> life. Get your ugly ass. <laughs> Just yeah. crazy. Yeah, I didn't like that, you know. But to each their own, maybe if, yes. if you have like a fucking slavery fantasy with your white Fetish. master, that's your thing, girl. This is dumb. Where are you, where's your daddy? You don't have to post it, though. That's your thing. Do it privately. That's insulting to all black women everywhere. Girl, everything does not belong on the internet. And that's why we, that's why we have stupid internet news. News. Thank you for content, you dumb <laughs> nappy head hoe. <laughs> Shay, y'all, but listen, we got a super dope guest on We Talk Back today, helping y'all bitches and us bitches get our lives together. Y'all stay tuned. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, 
Let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. All right, y'all, listen. So we started this year off a little bit different for season two of We Talk Back. Um, first few episodes is kind of dedicated to our 2022 goals, which I believe we share a lot of the same goals. You want to lose weight. We talked about finances, real estate people we had come on. Uh, what else did we do, Tam? Um, friendship goals. I don't goals. know. That was a long time ago. We had <laughs> friendship goals also, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, we've we were thinking. trying to get back to that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we're trying to get back to helping everybody and ourselves with our New Year's resolution. So look, we're talking debt today, not just any debt. We talking student loan debt, y'all. Okay. Because I know y'all bitches broke like me from these student loans. Exactly. <laughs> y'all, we got the CEO of the student loan, Dr. LLC and self-proclaimed overdraft queen, Sonya Lewis. Yes. Oh, talk back. Hey. hey girl hey ladies well i want to say former overdraft queen i've been working For, on no things. we know that we already know, we already know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so how you doing sonia tell our listeners about you i'm good i'm good um i'm checking in from miami florida my favorite place on earth nice. um i moved here recently because it was just way too cold in philly and I was just, it was, it was just a joke to come down here, guys. And then what happened was I loved it and I kept extending my Airbnb. <laughs> now I'm looking at apartments. Then I went and bought a Lamborghini. Like life just happened really, really fast. Okay. And I think I just got caught up. I'm not even gonna lie. So I'm real caught up these days. <laughs> but I'm having fun and teaching and um, helping people get out of student loan debt at the same time. 
Um, so yeah, so where do you guys want to start? When I was real broke or like now? I mean, because it's like two different people. Start from the beginning on how you got <laughs> started with, uh, you know, helping people with student loans in this industry. Yeah, how did you start the student loan doctor? Yeah, I was real broke. And so I just want to, you know, emphasize that um, I was living like beyond check to check, like overdraft to overdraft. Mm-hmm. And then some, like almost had my account closed a few times, but a guy stepped in. And then I was like, you got to get your money right. Like you don't have to live like this. And so um, I took a financial literacy class at church. And then I started helping people after church understand their student loan debt because that's my professional background. And then people started trying to send their cousins and their family members. And I didn't even hear from the from the Lord. I still haven't heard this message to do the work for free. So I'm like, okay. He's not going to tell you that. Right. I ain't never heard it. So I started meeting people at the corner bakery. Now, have you ever been to the corner bakery before? No. Okay. Cozies, like any, any bakery? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, in the bakery, you got to find the spot next to the plug. Like, in okay, the, the socket. Yeah. Yes, the socket. Mm-hmm. And so what I had to do was I would go to work every day. I would run to the corner bakery and I would get the corner roof with the socket. Now, in order to secure this spot, I had to flirt for it. Now, <laughs> I still owe somebody a date, but I'm never going to cash that in. So. You know, you got to do some strange things to start your business, okay? So <laughs> that wasn't that bad. I done heard about <laughs> people heard dick and fucking dead to get sucked. No, I never had sucked up. You know, I'm I'm excited that I have to say I never did that. <laughs> no forty dollars, um, <laughs> but I feel like he was going to cash in on something soon, so I had to get an office. <laughs> it was getting real weird right. um, because he would put this like reserve sign I've never seen a reserve sign in a free bakery before I, again I know he, he made that sign it. for you mm-hmm. he did it was a little homemade but we gotta just look at his heart so mm-hmm. <laughs> long story short um, I was helping people at the bakery and I was charging like you would have to get a little paid more than at the job I'm like alright this might go somewhere so I started taking off work and open up my calendar and then people just started making their appointments and paying their money so i'm like okay let me see what would happen if i took a week off and so basically what i was doing is meeting with people going over their student loan debt with them you know breaking down the numbers talking about repayment plans forgiveness and i would help them call their lender you know they would talk of course and we would set things up and it just really guys it blew up in 2018 um, the shade room, her name is Maisha. She used to work in the shade room. She called me and was like, tell me your story. Cause I had posted something around black history time, mm-hmm. black history month in February. And she was like, Oh, I love it. She's like, I'm going to, um, I'm going to post it. Now I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know what the shade room was at the time or what it could do, like mm-hmm. the power of the shade room. Mm-hmm. But that took our business from, I would say like a high five figure business to a six-figure, now seven-figure business. Mm-hmm. So I really do credit just social media for blowing it all the way up because so many people, particularly Black women, need help with student loan debt. I'm a Black woman, mm-hmm. and they're able to identify, and then, you know, we go from there, so. Yeah, that's, that's dope. That is very dope because, listen, everybody we know, I don't know anybody who doesn't have student loan debt unless they just, even people who just went to a tech school or something like that, everybody got it, right. right with student loan debt. Um, 
and I was telling Tam earlier that black women, like, yeah, we, we got the most degrees, we got the doctorate degrees, all this shit, mm-hmm. PhDs, but we go into relationships with a lot of debt that maybe our male counterparts yes. don't come with. Mm-hmm. Well, we could talk about that because I do what I call a late night series on my page. And we start talking after 10 p.m., the kids asleep, I, I say. You know, I start talking and, and, and mentoring women about like the debt, particularly their student loan debt, could be affecting their relationships and the quality thereof. Like you you laying next to this nigga, like you don't even like him, but you in a struggle, you in a hardship. Mm-hmm. So you might be dating people, entertaining people. That you, you know, wouldn't if you weren't broke. Based off exactly. of self-esteem, yes. And, it's self-esteem and circumstance. Right. Not even just self-esteem. You might right. think that your you're money. the baddest in the land, but your money got you in this location. Now you laying and- with Gertrude ugly ass. <laughs> Cause mm-hmm. he gonna help you with your dick. Gertrude, that, that's mm-hmm. like a woman. Don't that name. sound like an ugly ass nigga? <laughs> that's a I woman's just name. About somebody. Gertrude, somebody. I, that ain't no woman's name. It could be unisex in this case. Unisex. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we don't know what people doing strange these days. Could be unisex. I don't know. Right. Point is, people are with people because they can't afford to have the lifestyle they want, and you know, I think student loans are a big part of it. They may never say it, but right. they know. Mm-hmm. All right. What advice would you give students when they're applying for loans versus, you know, already in debt? So I, so I have a philosophy. So borrowing determination equals career compensation, meaning you should only borrow what your career is expected to pay back times two. Mm-hmm. So for example, a lot of our students, particularly our black students, go to schools that are not affordable. And I love our HBCUs. I really do. But the challenge is when you're saying that you want to go to school and school costs 60000 a year, but your financial aid is only 20000 where is that 40000 coming from? Mm-hmm. And so then what happens is your mom, let's say your mom is in her 40s, 50s, she got her credit together at this point, right? Now, mom has to leverage her credit for a private loan, a parent plus loan, or pull equity out of her home. So then the cycle of debt starts all over again when mom just got out at age 40 or 50, maybe from her own student loan debt. Mm -hmm. So it's really a real cycle. So I often, when I talk to students in a high school setting, I try to set realistic expectations about college costs. I'm like, if you need to go to community, it's okay. First of all, here's the big hack. The same professors that teach at the community college teach at the four-year institutions. They're just on a different day at a different price. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, the other thing is we have to start looking at our state schools. Our state schools are really nice. They're really well-funded, but nobody wants to go to the state school. They want to go to the bigger schools, mm-hmm. private institutions. And then when we see students leaving with 80000 100000 mm-hmm. in student loan debt for a bachelor's degree, now you can't get no home. Again, depending on where you want to live, the type of job, and your car not is like, it's like so many things that are impacted by those four years. Yeah. Right. You know, I I don't even feel like student loans actually exist. I mean, because... No, if, they exist. No, I, I mean, I know they exist. But what I'm saying is, can our economy, can our government actually pay for every person who goes to fill out a FAFSA and applies to a college, applies to a college and get accepted to go to school? Is there really enough money? Because suppose every, every teenager goes to college, right? It's really like right. a, a cash advance on your future paychecks. That's how I see it. Does the money actually even exist? Yes and no. So let's talk about that. So 
here's the thing. Everybody wants right now the Biden administration to get rid of student loan debt. But the reason why that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The reason why that's probably not going to happen. Let me be positive. Possibly not going to happen here. Is because there is no solution to stop the new generation, your cousins and your brothers and your friends and family members from taking on debt. So how are we going to eliminate the existing debt that we haven't even started, you know, a solution for the problem for people going to school this spring or this fall? Right. So until we answer that question, we can't answer the question of what to do if you already have the debt. Right. Because so, they're creating new debt. It's like a cycle. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, how are we going to do Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I believe that the government could do it because we have not paid student loans in two years as a country. Mm-hmm. Did anybody die though? Right. Like, did, did anybody get? No, exactly. life went on. And so, because life went on, it just goes to show you it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's just, is it something? But let me just say this you know, and people hate when I talk like this, but I don't really care. If you were to eliminate student loan debt, who is most disproportionately affected by student loan debt? Black. I'll answer for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, minorities, mm-hmm. black people, particularly black women. But you got to remember, student loan debt is tied to home ownership, yes. real mm-hmm. estate, investing. So you mean to tell me you're going to let the person in this country that's most agreed be out here in these streets with no debt? Exactly. No. Yeah, that don't even sound right out loud. Right. So you think we got, we got finessed, right? We got finessed. And it, well, I didn't oh. get finessed. But a lot of people, a lot of black people mm-hmm. in particular got finessed in the last election because they thought that Biden was oh, going to yeah. come through and just oh, cancel yeah. student loan debt. Or, you he know, up to would. a certain amount. Yeah, but yeah, he said he would, oh, and they're doing it again. Yeah, politicians say a lot of things, and oftentimes they don't deliver on the on the promises they tell the people to get that vote. So what, no, what it, do you think we can do as students? Bad. As students, because I know it affects maybe the millennials and Gen Z the most, right? Right. So we just got this big ass weight over our heads for the rest of our lives, lives essentially, because y'all niggas getting five dollars from me every month for the rest of my life. Fuck you. But <laughs> like, what do we do to leverage leverage uh, the vote? in the future and even from this current decision you know what i'm saying like do mm-hmm. we need to then lobby do do yeah gen z and uh millennials need to now lobby i do believe we do need to start holding these politicians particularly this administration accountable and we do that by withholding our vote we do that by lobbying uh, we do that by being more vocal on a state level right because there's money and funding that could help because different states are creating different programs to get there uh, millennials and Gen Z out of debt. The other thing is too, um, we gotta also not just wait on the government. And so what I tell people is, you don't have a student loan problem, you have a streams of income problem. And people get a little offended when I say that. But what I mean by that is, is that you can't rely on as a millennial or a Gen Z to just have one job that's gonna take care of all your needs. I've never seen it. Like, even if you make six figures, you know, cost of living has gone up. Absolutely. You need to have your job pay for your bare expenses but then you need another stream i didn't say job stream of income you can attach to your student loan debt particularly for women the psychology is men don't have as much student loan debt because they like laser focus and get rid of it right women do not separate student loan debt from their other expenses therefore not prioritizing it so i've been teaching women to say hey if you were to start doing I'm making this up, Uber on the weekends, right? That Uber money goes straight to your student loan payment. 
So a woman can can do something like that because we're saying, okay, this is separate money. This is the avenue for that money. So I think it's really just about teaching people, you know, one, to hold our administration accountable, but two, not just wait on them to do something. What can you do with your gifts and talents that you get paid for at your job? And, you know, and, I, and the word entrepreneurship can be scary for some people, but what can you do to bring in additional income to, to live the life that you want to live? I wish they could go ahead and fucking repossess my motherfucking degree at this point. Like, Girl, I put it out on the curb. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come pick it up. It has not. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I got a few degrees. Mm-hmm. I do better with this. I think that, you know, having a college degree is um, an honor. Like, it, it just says something about you and it makes your family proud, mm-hmm. particularly because we are still um, not many generations away from our parents and grandparents not having access to college, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So let me just give you my story, quick story. My grandmother is, um, well, she passed on, but she was one of seven. I'm sorry. And no, it's fine. She, she, trust me, she had a great life. So long story mm-hmm. short, her uncle had, they were in South Carolina, had pulled them all together, all seven of them, and said, you guys need to vote which one is going to be sent to college. Now, remember, this is back in the 50s. There ain't no financial aid and all that other stuff, right? Mm. So they voted for 40s or 50s at this time. I can't remember. It might have been the 40s. They voted for my grandmother to be the one to go to college. So she went to college. She said it was a big burden on her back to graduate because obviously, you know, right. she got picked and he cash paid. Mm-hmm. So then she became a school teacher. So then she made sure that the rest of my aunts and uncles and my mom um, went to school or the military. Mm-hmm. So I grew up knowing only one of two choices. And my family either had to go to college or the military because that's what she was told. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of pressure growing up. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, when I think about like all my gifts and talents, do what I have needed to really go to college, like me personally, I've been hustling since I was a little girl because I never wanted to ask my mom for no money. Mm-hmm. I was doing all types of stuff outside, making fake carnival rides for a dollar. You know what I mean? I never wanted to world. You know, it's a story for another day. But the point is, baby. I was always hustling. Like, right. I would be the girl that would bag up the candy. Y'all had the little candies? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you, I, I would buy them and rebag them because, you know, you should have went to the store that morning. That's your fault. <laughs> so, but I got I got it for you right now. I don't even know this night was selling good. I love it. Let me find out. She had she the, got that. She pack. stepped on the candy. She stepped on the candy. I am and so glad. <laughs> Listen, I'm so glad my what mom raised whip. me in a nice neighborhood <laughs> because you could have had me back something else. See how see how susceptible I could have been. Right. <laughs> Opportunist, so, yeah. <laughs> and I remember I got caught in school with the candy. Like I had a book bag of candies, right? Mm-hmm. And the teacher was like, what, "What are you doing?" So it's I got to get out this situation. So I was like, I said, "Well, listen." I was like, "My mom, like I hit him with it." I was like, "My mom's the only." I was like, "My mom's a single mom." I was like, "And I don't, I can't ask her for lunch this week, so I have to sell my candy." Do you want to buy some candy? <laughs> <laughs> Period. You hear me? <laughs> did I she buy got some? My yes, I did. Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. Snicker. Let me get one. We only got two choices here, so what are we going to do here? Are you going <laughs> to stop this production? Or it could be worse, though. It could be worse. I can tell something else, okay? So, um, anyway, the point is, um, if, if if you if you think about that, like, I always was selling or creating some experience, right? I really liked money since I was little. 
long story short, if my mom had knew better and, and, and if entrepreneurship is what it is now back then, I could have just, you know, been a millionaire a long time ago, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm going to just forgive her for that. She ain't know no better. <laughs> and I think that's what the new generation is leaning towards because we went to college because, you know, some of our parents didn't. I know, Tam, your parents went to college, mm-hmm. but my mom didn't go to college. So they kind of push you out there. But now our generation is leaning, leaning more towards ownership, entrepreneurship. So I feel like the newer kids, like the younger kids are going to right. come out. Like, yeah, you can go to college, but maybe college isn't for you. Like, personally, I wish I would have went to college later in life, like now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? On my mm. my late twenties, instead of like right out right out right out of high school, because I wasn't as focused, so I wasted yeah. money. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, me this too. The I thing. definitely did two sophomore years. Fucking all. Mm-hmm. You say you let you left out a sophomore year? No, I did. I did my sophomore year twice because right. the mm-hmm. first year I was outside. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday. I class. I'm right. not here for class. And we yeah, both went party. to a, exactly. We both went to a private black mm-hmm. HBCU that at the oh. time that shit was eighteen thousand dollars a semester. A semester? It was so expensive. Yeah. And I was out there fucking off. I did was not it? have no. No, no I'm to... lying. It was eighteen thousand a year at the time because I remember like I'm oh. looking at my awards letter right I now. I think it was, it was like more than eighteen seventy six 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 like seven thousand. What year was this? What year was this? Was I started in two. Oh, too. So, no, that's about, about right. $20,000 for the year. $20,000 for the year. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Because mm-hmm. I went to school in. And it kept going up. Oh, five. Yeah. That's about right. That's about right. Yep. That's still a lot of money, though. Yeah, it yes. was. Especially to just be playing with. If I had the sense I have now, I would have graduated in two years instead of five. Exactly. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. You know, the college experience, if done correctly, can never be redone in life. Like it That's is, true. it is something that you will like. Literally, I had a kickback last night, and it was with my college friends. And I remember it was so nostalgic. Like y'all remember we used to do this. Now we grown now, right? Mm-hmm. So, but that experience and those friendships and those relationships, mm-hmm. and then even if you really do it right, leverage them into your professional space. Um, for that reason, I wouldn't take back going to college. For that reason. Yeah, the educational I component, I can't, yeah, you know, right. I can't say about that. Part. And the debt component, yeah, but the friendships yeah, no. that's the that was the good, the best. I think it was just friendships and then learning people. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you, we going to networking college was the first time I really interacted with white people because I'm from the inner city of Philly. Okay, so I, I might have seen one or two in high school and they was trying to be black, mm-hmm. but these was real white people, right? They never <laughs> seen me either, you know. So now so we got a culture about, shock. Oh my God! Like yeah. literally, the the girl, my roommate, her mom and dad was so scared, and I had asked her. I said, "Well, what do you know about black people? And what did you see?" <laughs> and y'all remember, I love Boys. New York. Uh-huh. That's what they. That, that was her point of show. reference. <laughs> yes. I said, "Oh, we gonna be oh, in the hell trouble. no!" <laughs> so I asked. Her, I said, "Have you ever seen the Cosby's?" <laughs> That's me, bitch. <laughs> right, right. That's me, bitch. <laughs> She was like, no. I said, well, this is what I want you to do this weekend. I want you to watch a few episodes with your parents. Right? True story. <laughs> she, your bitch is over silence. She was like, she was like, okay. She came back. Girl, it was, they, they brought me some brownies. Now I didn't eat them, though, because I don't know them. Mm-hmm. But it was nice, though. 
They brought me some brownies and we were able to get along better because all she saw was Ratchet TV. Right. She would have never known about the Cosby's. And I think it made her feel better. Yeah, that's funny. I'm like, <laughs> hi, uh, my parents brought some fried chicken and watermelon for you back. Uh, because yeah. we heard you like that. <laughs> they brought me brownies. So that was safe. If it would have been some fried chicken, oh hell no! Like, oh, oh my god, I would not even eat it. I'm scared of people. They brought they brought day. brownies for a brownie. You ordered something. Subliminally, right? They tried. Send her a Facebook message. I've got time. <laughs> so listen, what's what are some things aside from consolidating? Because I never consolidate my student student loans. One, okay, so two part question: Is it okay to should you consolidate with a third party lender? Um, if not, what are some other things you can do aside from repaying that shit yourself or consolidating? What's because I got a few right. ideas myself, but I just haven't executed. I'm gonna them. give you a big hack that I only teach, and I'm not even being funny when I say this. Non-profit. When I get paid thousands of dollars, so and this is for everybody listening. If they really smart, they're like pause the podcast and go run a play and come right back. So here's the thing. Uh, I want to talk about the first question though, because this is where people get in trouble. Consolidating with a federal lender is okay. When you talk about refinancing your loan with somebody out of the federal space, because they try to make it seem like it's the same thing. That's not okay. Let me give an example. I had a client who did not want to listen to us. She was like, well, I got good credit. I'm going to refinance my loans. She did it right before the pandemic. What do y'all think happened when the pandemic hit with her loans? Because she took rates. them from being federal. Interest mm-hmm. rate went up. No, no, no. Not not just that. Oh, just default. She couldn't though. take a she couldn't take advantage of the moratorium. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Because her ass went private. Right. Damn. Okay. So two years she would have had to not make a payment, but to make a payment and get on top of the principal, which was what I hope people did during this pandemic. I know they didn't, but I hope they did. She couldn't do. She still had to pay. Like she wasn't in no pandemic. Mm -hmm. Mm. And that's why I tell people, you have a lot of student loan debt. I don't care if you got good credit. Leave them in the federal space because if a a signed uh, executive act gets passed tomorrow, your ass ain't a part of it. Right. Mm. Mm -hmm. So that's a part of it. Um, All right. Now let me give you my hack. This is what I call um, the entrepreneur loan forgiveness hack. Now, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to do it. It just is a really good hack that if somebody was thinking about entrepreneurship could start their entrepreneur journey, I would recommend it. And how the hack goes is this. Basically, long story short, let's say, um, okay, guys, with matter of fact, I'm going to pull you all in for an example. It's better when I pull somebody in. Okay, do you guys have a, a, a business or a business you're mm-hmm. thinking about starting? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, give me, I'm going to run the play. All right. Talk so... back. <laughs> all right, sure. The, Okay. The podcast, right? Mm-hmm. You monetize the podcast, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought about doing something really good with this podcast in terms of like being a, like a give back, like being a good giver in some type of way, like anything you ever wanted to do? If you, if money wasn't a thing and you wanted to use this platform to give back, what would that look like? Um... I don't know. I never thought about that. Yeah. Uh, so, something that's not monetary, right? That's what you're yes. saying? Yes. 
So let me give you an example. This is what I do for a living. Let me run a play for y'all. So you, let's say we're going to donate to us to do something with this business, right? Is that what no, you're not saying? just you. Okay. No, 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 no. Don't get ahead now. Listen now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really teach real life. I'm like, no, no, no. Come on, come back. All right, listen. Let's say we took this podcast, right? And we and we wanted to actually set up and it set up a tour. And on the tour, we had a live episode taping, and then the next day. We had some type of sister circle meeting. I'm making this all the way up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, that could be paid for through your nonprofit where women, ages, whatever, whatever, could come and could fellowship, could network. That's a nonprofit. You could yes. start for that. Okay. So the podcast is your for-profit entity because you are making or would like to make profit with this. But let's say you really wanted to really touch the women in those particular cities and do what, uh, call it a, a talk back, kickback. I don't know. I'm making this up, right? Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, write this down. This is good. <laughs> this is good. Now, let's say you're like, all right, I got to get some sponsors for that. But maybe initially you don't have any because they need to see that this is a proven concept that works. Once they see you go to Atlanta and you put 500 women in the rooms and just talk about real women shit, now Coca-Cola want to sponsor you, right? But we didn't get that far initially let's say the venue cost a thousand let's say refreshments cost 500 and um your extended day at the hotel was 300 that's 1800 y'all follow mm-hmm. the for-profit would pay the non-profit the 1800 mm-hmm. so now you just made a really great tax write-off for your for-profit mm-hmm. number one mm-hmm. number two guess what you just made you two eligible for donations or get to get paid through the nonprofit? No, let's go back to student forgiveness. Loans. Forgiveness. Oh, okay. Now you're eligible to enroll yourself in the public service loan forgiveness program. Ah, okay. ha, ha. You got real money coming in. Mm-hmm. You do take a stipend pay mm-hmm. out of the nonprofit to show you got paid. It's not free. And now you're eligible for the forgiveness program. And it's little nuances in between here. I'm skipping, of course. But basically, that's the general concept. And so what I've been saying to entrepreneurs, because so many people want to go into entrepreneurship, but are scared because of their, their student loans or whatever, start your entrepreneurship journey. But I think that every entrepreneur, every business should be thinking about what I call a nonprofit arm. Right. The nonprofit arm sets you up to have taxes written off and sets you up to have uh, public service loan forgiveness success. So not only are you being a great giver, you're also giving back to yourself. Girl, you just dropped a motherfucking jewel. Y'all heard that? That is a motherfucking bar. That was a bar. Yes, we all about to have 501c3s now. (laughs) Yes, and literally, this is what what the rich, the wealthy business and corporations do. I didn't say anything that was super deep. I just said it so that it was tangible Mm -hmm. for you to be able to go do it and run the play. And the person that's listening to this that's really savvy, they're going to go do that. Because I just told you, one, would you rather pay your nonprofit to advance your cause or would you pay, rather pay the IRS? Right. You. Myself. Somebody right. got, the money got to go somewhere anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Might as well go to being a great giver. Right. Interesting. That yeah. is I got I've uh I've done a little bit of research on that, but obviously I haven't implemented it. I got a lot of, lot of student loan debt. Same. Okay. A lot of student loan debt. I think you guys can do it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 
You know, the one thing I, I was looking at was the, uh, have you heard of this? This is the, the Bauer, Bauer, Bauer's Bauer. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel yes. like the college we went to, the HBCU we went to, it was a lot of shady shit going on over there. No, I believe you. So here's the challenge with the Bauer's Defense Program. There has to be a substantial amount of evidence or accusations for the Department of Ed to look at it. So if you really had the time to submit an application, it's not going to be instant. But if you got your your colleagues at your school, your classmates you're still in touch with to do the same application the same way, now the Department of Education goes, uh-oh, let me see what was happening at that, that this private school. And that they investigate and ask for the certain things you guys said was happening to be verified. And the college couldn't then you could present a case for borrower's defense. Mm-hmm. But then that could uh, damage the reputation of the institution. That, they already mm-hmm. damaged over there. How many times they was about to lose accreditation, have funding yeah, issues? Right. And it probably, it probably was because of that. We're not going to do that to that. HBCU, though. We're not going to do that to BC. Girl, oh, they don't care about you them damn student loans. I still love my college <laughs> oh, okay. But look, but, but did the school close, though? No, I'm joking. The school could... Did they die, though? No. Yeah. Did they die, though? They'll no, survive. So school... So here's the thing. Let me give you a real example. It did happen before with ITT Tech. So remember when ITT Tech closed down? Mm -hmm. That's why. Because so many substantial claims came in that the government did this. They they do what's called a pullback. They said, you guys can stay open, but you're no longer going to receive financial aid from us. How many people do you think can cash pay? Right. Zero. Right. So after one semester... Now the school had to close down because the government took the financial aid away. Would you want to be responsible for the closing of your HBCU? You don't care? Damn. No, no I wouldn't want that. I think, though, if it was a real issue. and They had some nasty really... bitches working in financial aid. I can't worry that. I worked in financial aid. <laughs> like I said, they had some nasty bitches <laughs> working in financial aid. Like, they oh, used to be. First of all, listen, they used to be in there trying to handle you as if if they don't get your paperwork right. Like, you don't get paid if my paperwork ain't right, ma'am. You know, like, if you don't get my financial aid situation, this is how you get paid. So why are you treating me like I'm, like, the problem? You know what I'm saying? It was real ghetto over there. This is what happens. One, we don't sometimes properly train our staff. But two, the other thing is, if you're dealing with people that are first new to school for the first time most people um and, and still they're still first time there's no generation students there's no counseling there's no etiquette on what college experience should be like so now what you did at the doctor's office in philly or what you did at the wick office you think it's okay to come to the college and talk to these people like that mm-hmm. so now we get disgruntled college workers because you got disgruntled people coming in talking like they're crazy mm-hmm. it's just a cycle I have a whole year that I did not attend college that I was charged for. How is that possible? You see what I'm saying? No, no, no. That's not legal. No, no. Exactly. I so if that. I can prove that to to Fed uh, loans. Well, you could put a complaint <laughs> in with the Department of Ed. And right. on a case by case, it's possible they could reverse those charges for that year. Yeah, if you got a whole twenty thousand dollars for a year that you didn't you didn't sign any paperwork or nothing for, then that's definitely something. You yeah. Want. So right. how did it get done? Sure. So who else did y'all do that to? You see what I'm saying? If you're not paying attention, right? Who else yeah. did y'all do that to to get the funds? Yeah, I'm not paying I'm for that. Saying. I would definitely say something. Yeah, for sure. 
So, yeah. okay, what is a better option and help people understand what the difference is uh, when a, a with a subsidized, subsidized and unsubsidized federal student loan? Like, what is what, the difference? Yeah, is so better? the thing is, it's not set up to be an option. What it more so set up is and says is with this subsidized loan debt, um, the government will pay part of your interest while you're in school. The unsubsidized says we will let you borrow this money we are not paying for your interest. And so we find that people have to take both loans because they need to pay for the total amount owed. But if you're ever in a situation where you have scholarship money and then you only have to take out a subsidized loan, that's a lot better than taking out both. So some people have to take out both. Most people have to take out both loans. Let me say it that way. Yeah. But if you ever had the option, then I would do subsidized. Because you want the government to cover the interest. Right. And see, even like that, you were, we remember subsidized and unsubsidized on our um, awards letter, but did anybody in financial aid, any counselor ever explain to you the difference between the two? No. I, you know, I don't remember. I don't know. So here's Karen, the problem. Honestly, at that age, at 18, I was like, that's what I'm saying. Just what can I do to get in school? What? Yeah. Like sign, yeah. sign me up for whatever so I can stay in school. You know, that's and that's not that's not counseling because a mortgage lender wouldn't do you like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. So you took the words out of my mouth. Uh, students going to school is just like older adults trying to buy a home. It's the same zest. Like, I just got to get this home. I got to get into this school. And, and the thing is, even parents um, sometimes put false pressures on their kids to go to school. And so nobody's really doing the math or care about the math, per se, right. and signing away their life and not reading. And then it just becomes a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine did. And my mama was not having that shit. I remember going to the dorm and my oldest sister who had went to college, she was like, um, AJ, well, Ashley, you need to come home because that school costs too much. I had just put my shit in the dorm. She was like, just come home, go to school for two, you know, go to tech for two years. And then if you want to go to a four year, do that. But I wanted the college experience. And you know what my mama said? I'm not paying for your ass to have an experience, period. So all those loans, my dad might've took out a $5,000 loan and that's it. Everything else I had to pay for. So you had to come home? Yeah, I feel like I I just paid for school. Right, sub, unsub, Pell Grant, and uh, just all anything I could sign my name to that would make it the ends meet, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, my mom got really sick my senior year. So I had to, we, like, it was like no money because I didn't really know how to fill out the fast. But this is when we was doing math on paper and shit. Mm-hmm. It was weird. So mm-hmm. I was going to get put out of school, but my, my financial aid counselor called me. And she was like, you need to come up um, by the end of this week. She was like, with some money for next semester. I'm like, now where would I get that from? <laughs> and she was like, you need to knock on every door on campus and see who has a scholarship. Like, imagine getting a call like that. So I only own one pair of sneakers at the time because I was so girly, which is such the opposite of what I am now. I love sneakers, mm-hmm. right? So I, all I had was like heels and little kitten heels. I don't know who I thought it was. I get out to watch too much TV. <laughs> So I was like, let me put my sneakers on. And I went and knocked on every door for a whole day. And I got to the last door and her, her name was Miss Debbie. And she said, what's your GPA? And at the time my GPA was like a 3.8. And she was like, mm. she said, what activities are you a part of? So I started telling her all the activities I joined because I was bored as hell. And she was like, okay. She said, I'll let you apply. She was like, I need this essay back in two hours. 
So at least I knew how to type. So that was a good thing. I typed it up and handed it in. She said, come back in two more hours and I'll give you an answer if you or another young lady got the scholarship. Long story short, I get back there. She was like, um, Sonia, now do y'all think they call losers first? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they don't call losers first. I was like, yes. She was like, um, okay. She was like, congratulations. I'm like, oh my God, thank you. The girl like storms off, starts cussing. She's mad. <laughs> so she doesn't like me to this day. <laughs> so <Man>. long story <laughs> short, <laughs> she's still like, so I didn't know why she was mad. Guess how much the scholarship was for? How much? A full ride. Wow. A, a full, full ride. ride was just sitting there waiting on somebody to knock on the door for it. See how I got literally it? knock on the door, like wow. every door. Yeah. <laughs> and I was about to quit and give up on knocking on doors because I was tired, my feet was hurting, my campus had hills and shit. I'm I'm plus size. Right. So you know, I'm gotta go up one more hill. I can't do it. So <laughs> I did it and I'm glad I did it because again waiting at the end of it was a full ride. So yes, yeah. honey. Yeah, that's it was a, that's what story. It was a real one. I still remember that day. And then I said, excuse me for a minute. And I had like this whole praise dance and shout. And I had to call my grandma back. I was like, tell Uncle Larry he ain't got to come no more. I got hung up and I started dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Larry was coming to get you in your shit. Thanks. <laughs> I can't keep put out. <laughs> so look, a lot of big companies, they offer like paid uh, therapy sessions for their employees and families to help manage their mm-hmm. um, work-life balance th- or the lack thereof anyway. So with student loan debt counseling, Mm-hmm. You would think that, you know, major corporations or companies would have something like that at their headquarters or something. Have you paired with uh, any major companies to do that we type of work? With one, we, one time we did one. It was a nonprofit. We did some work for them. Um, and it actually was a really great relationship. It's just when the budget came back in, there wasn't space for it. Um, and what I find by starting my own counseling service, so to speak, um, people have and will pay for it. And we're actually not even terribly expensive, and I did that on purpose. Um, because I, what I realized is there's really no place you can go and have somebody break down your student loan debt and some solutions without them asking for a payment at the end. And we didn't want to be that service for anyone. Like, we didn't want to work or, or be aligned with the um, student loan lenders. We wanted to be for the people so we right. can tell the people what the best thing is to do and not to do. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great service. I'm sure in different states, there are things and companies like it that exist more on a corporate level, but to be really honest with you guys, like when I started my brand, I never wanted to change me or my personality and how I wanted to serve people. So I've always been very, very careful with partnerships, um, with taking money from people that don't look like me. Mm-hmm. So they can't control my narrative Absolutely. and how I teach. Mm-hmm. Cause if I want to get on IG live tonight and say, Fuck them lows. Like, I might want to get on there and say something radical. Right. Like, I need to know that my money and my payroll for my team ain't going to get cut. Right. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so, I was, and, and it took, I've been in business now six years. It took four years to be able to be really comfortable to say, I can do this payroll, pay my people, you know, six figures or close to it, or, and it be from the muscle. Like, I was really, really adamant that I didn't want to work and be aligned with certain companies because then, you know, you got that little carrot over your head. I don't want to experience. Right. 
Right. Now, let me yeah. ask you this. There's people who went to college, they uh, racked up all this debt, and then this went on with life and said, forgot, fuck that shit, and forgot about it. How do they even find out how much they owe? Like, they wouldn't even know where to start on how to yeah. finding their debt. So the best place to go is to call is a place called studentaid.gov. Mm-hmm. So studentaid.gov allows you to see all of your federal loan debt. You also can get an annual free credit report, pull your credit and see what student loans come up on your credit as well, cost compared to, make sure the information looks the same. Um, and then, you, you know, these accounts are free, of course. And then you want to find out based off of your credit report or your student aid report who your lender is. And so then you want to create your lender account and put in your basic information and your loans will come up, right? Mm-hmm. All these things are really important to know how to access. And we'll be doing more classes on our platform to really show people how to get into their stuff again because it's been so long or maybe some people have never. But the thing is you don't want to be a passive participant in the repayment of your loans because once your loans go into default, and they just actually cleared default, uh, all defaulted loans recently. But if, if and when this is over and your loans happen to go into default, it stops you from being able to buy a home. Mm-hmm. It stops you from being able to have good credit. So that's if it's and, on your credit report, though, right? Well, no. So that's where people get this messed up. Okay. So on your credit mine ain't report, on it. That's why I'm saying that. <laughs> right. So after it gets to a certain point, mm-hmm. let's put it that way, they leave your credit report. And if you, you know, if you at that point, let me just put it that way. Some of them. Just oh. know, <laughs> with the recent change with the Biden administration, it's going to come back on your credit soon. Now, that's they a better, good and bad look, thing. They better you. prove it, just like any other debt. Prove it, right? Because I'd be so on their neck. <laughs> yeah, it's a good and bad thing. Mm-hmm. So if it comes back on your report, again, you you can go through the process with credit and get it off. But remember, there is the consumer report, which is what you're talking about. When you go to buy a home, there's another report that they look at right. that shows all federal holdings, right? Now, if you were just saying, well, sorry, I'm just trying to get them off my credit because I need to go buy a car, go have it. Car dealership could never see that. But when we start talking about investing, um, holding certain government licenses for work, it will show up. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But until then, you know, catch me when you can. All right, listen, we appreciate you, Sonya, for coming on. We talk we back. Do. Let our, um, such a good guest. Yes, you are a delight. <laughs> Let our um, listeners me. know where they can find you at. Plug all your so, shit. Yes, yeah, so go to Instagram, the student loan doctor. Um, all the fun lives there. Our website is drpleasehelpme.com. Um, I don't know. Just Google us. You'll find us. Um, it's just a little black girl that changes hairstyles every so often. Um, it's still me. Just cheekbones <laughs> don't change. I never look like any of my photos. And I got to work better on that this year. One day it's box. I'm like, I'll fuck this. Now it's curled. The point is, you know, just look for the name, Simone Doctor. Um, and then this is what I tell people. Like, if you know you need us and you know your friends need us, don't go on a crusade because you heard the episode. Just say, like, I think there's somebody you should check out. Drop them off. They will find their way to my DMs to help on your own. And then we can just take it from there. So it's going to be good. Did you plug your Instagram? I didn't hear it. Oh, the student loan doctor. Okay. We in there. Yes. Y'all go, because y'all hoes in debt, man. Go and check her out, for real. Help yourself out. Talking shit to these niggas, boy. We got all the student loan debt.
It's right. just the truth. Oh my God. We gotta do a whole class on we need to do it. We know what we need to do some speed dating on some student loan debt, speed dating, some shit like that. And hit it with a credit symposium at the end. All right, y'all. Listen, if you enjoyed this episode, please tune in every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever the fuck you get your podcast at. This is your co-host AJ Holiday 2.0. Follow me on Instagram. Hey. And y'all, this is official Tam Bam on Instagram. Follow me. I love you guys. Thank y'all for listening. And y'all remember, speak now and never hold your peace. Bye. Deuces. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.